Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out, no matter how hard it rains. In my city. Everybody and welcome to the 291st episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser, and you can find me on Twitter. Even if you want to tell advertisers to go fuck themselves, you can still find me on Twitter uh, at Hawk Blogger. Uh, and man, I'm in kind of a mischievous mood tonight, to be totally honest, for a situation where the Seahawks season by my estimation is over the Seahawks season is over I have no real interest in cheering for them to win games at this point I feel like they are they are just a, a school project at this point that I'm curious to see how it grows and mutates but I don't necessarily have a lot of belief that there's anything meaningful that's going to come out of it I think that they have been an embarrassment uh, in a number of these games. I think the blame goes all over the place. So wherever you want to put it, there's probably some some uh, fair cases to be made. And yet, I'm looking forward to tonight's podcast. I'm looking forward to it primarily because I get to talk to some of my best buddies. Uh, Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB on Twitter. Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. And the Wiley nathan ernst at nathan e11 uh nathan you especially man it has been a it feels like it's been a long time since we've had a chance to connect and i'm fully expecting you to be the glass half full contrarian tonight we're like i don't know why everyone's down on the seahawks they're gonna go on a big seven game winning streak and win the super bowl am i right about that um I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I might, I might be a little contrarian, uh, but I don't think it's, I don't think the upside's nearly that high, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do want to start with you on just, since it's been a little while, what is your take on what's going on with the Seahawks season? Uh, some extent, maybe it's going exactly as expected uh you know others maybe it's you know expectations have have changed um where are you on on how the seahawks season's progressing i mean i think ultimately you know they are who i thought they were <clears throat> they took a bit of a weird path here because the defense came out and looked like they might be something 
Um, that's completely gone. It seems like uh, they're like 23rd in DVOA. And, uh, so yeah, at the end of the day, like I thought this was a team that was not meaningfully better than last year's team. And they look like a team that's not meaningfully better than last year's team. So I, I'm kind of at peace with it. I, I don't know that the season's over. Um, I think, you know, there's still a chance to make the playoffs here and everything, but they're they're not anything more than a, you know, first round exit type team. Jeff, I did my tail of the tape this morning for the Seahawks matchup with the Cowboys. And something very rare happened. I mean, I've done this hundreds of times at this point, and I have a number of different stats that I compare teams, and 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 there's always something on offense or defense where there's this this there's this matchup that maybe the Seahawks can exploit, and there certainly is in every game, but this was one of those rare moments where the Cowboys have the advantage in every single major statistic on offense and defense that I track. That didn't even happen against the 49ers <laughs> last week. But where we stand now, the Seahawks offense, we talk about it being average. Seahawks offense is below average. Seahawks defense is below average. <laughs> uh, the best advantage the Seahawks have is that they're they're good at punting. Uh, and they're good at returning kicks from opposing teams when they score. Mm, not, not last game. Uh, not last game. So, so D. Eskridge. Yeah, what that's are, right. Why, that's what I'm saying. We're going to give D. Eskridge his respect. There's a lot of apologies from this okay. podcast. Okay. I, I have one hot take on this play. Love it. Go for it. I, I feel if D. Eskridge returned that for a touchdown, that's a totally different game. Evan emotionally momentum is real if oh, now you and e- down, i am not gonna if, let you and nathan take this podcast uh, over with them i'm not saying this is rational i'm saying this is like completely it's certainly, it's certainly not rational it's certainly not rational it's certain <laughs> certainly not logical i'm just telling you that's a completely different football game if you were that for a touchdown i mean maybe if maybe if jason myers actually kicked a field goal at the end of the half when the team finally had moved the ball into scoring position that could have changed the game too but it didn't oh man Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> where you know where do we go from here? Where do we go from here as a Seahawks fan? How you you were someone who, even though I I basically didn't watch any football on Sunday, I haven't watched any football since that Seahawks game on Thursday. You still watch all of it. You're still in all of it. So where is your head on, on, on where we go from here? We're just for me. It's just hoping to see improvements from the guys that we're moving forward with. And I'm, I'm closer with you. We are. Is, uh, I, I tweeted after the Rams game, after the Rams game, before the 49ers game, that the season felt over. Um, they, they're, the, the schedule they had and the way they blew that game. And I think you guys all picked wins on the show last week. I don't know if that was just like you couldn't pick 49ers. I went to that game thinking they were going to get whooped and they got whooped. So I, I wasn't as rattled as like everyone else. Me and Evan had some dark moments after the game, but <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I'm sort of I'm sort of transitioning into player evaluation mode. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, sure, it'd be cool if they make the playoffs, and like, obviously, I'm not going to cheer against it. They're not going to high high enough in the draft, but I don't really care if they make the first round just to get beaten up by Philly or Detroit or San Francisco. 
Like they have no aspirations of doing anything in the playoffs. So I don't care about that. I care about the players that I care about in the future and just watching those guys. And as bad as the Seahawks are, they still have some individual players I really like. And that will keep me still watching the games. And I'm done with like this team as I think what Nathan said is true. Like you really want to see a step forward this year. They had the draft capital. It's pretty clear that's not happening. Calling the offense even average or even close to average is disrespectful to average. And I'm just hoping they become watchable at this point because the offense has been so fucking frustrating and so ugly and so annoying. So I'm hoping a couple things that a, the offense becomes a little more watchable and then B that where we go from here, you're trying to evaluate what you have and what the hell is going on with this team. It looks like something's in your lap, Nathan. I'm hoping that's a dog. Uh, it's a dog. Okay, good, good. Evan, I was about to come to Evan, and he just goes off cam. Like it, it, that is that is the reliability of Evan Hill. He is as reliable as his favorite kicker. Um. Yeah. So I mean, here here's one of the things I'm kind of curious about is, uh, I look at this team and I'm trying to look for how do you judge progress and a lot of people judge progress by how the the results of the season how many wins how far in the playoffs that kind of thing I think there's set that aside for a second how do you judge progress on offense how do you judge progress on defense how do you judge progress on roster coming together and being something that you can see the plan for how it's going to build on top of itself to be something greater in, in future years. And, and Nathan, I'm, I, I'm curious if, if you have an idea of the kind of progress that might still be possible for the Seahawks to accomplish this year. I think, I think there's a lot of progress. I mean, you know, obviously JSN is someone that you're going to be watching, looking to grow um, some of the offensive line. Um, <clears throat> and then just seeing how they kind of come together and and gel um, and and have some kind of purpose on offense, right? And, and figure out, um, you know, just how they want to attack defenses and what they want to be and how they want to be good and see if they can kind of figure out that identity. I mean, that's... Uh, probably as big a thing for Waldron as it is anything else in the offense uh, and, and, you know, him keeping his, uh, his job. But um, yeah, I think that's really, to me, the thing is them getting an identity. Evan. Hello. We were talking about progress and I think progress to me is a word like playoffs in the, in the mouth of Jim Mora uh, senior that is. Uh, you and I have had words about this before. You didn't like when I said the Seahawks could win a playoff game, and I still wouldn't think that that's progress. And let, I want to challenge you on that. If the Seahawks make the playoffs this year, let's say they lose the next three games, they go on a five-game losing streak, then they beat the Titans, they beat you know, some of the crappy teams they've got left on the schedule, the Steelers maybe, whatever, and they, they sneak in the playoffs, they play the Lions, and they beat the Lions. Do you feel that that would represent 
progress that you'd then feel like this team has taken a step forward? No, like okay. they haven't won what I w- maybe I should have done probably like a better job of qualifying that statement. Um, I think it's like, we need to see this roster take material steps forward across the board. We've talked about key contributors on both sides of the ball that we need to take key steps forward. But I also think like this team hasn't won a divisional round playoff game since 2015. Is that it? 25th, 2016, maybe? No, 20, well, 2015, technically 2014 season. 2014 was the last time they won a divisional round playoff game. Guys. Like I, I let me let me just speak on this for a second. Like I hate this is gonna get me in hot water and like this is gonna get me some pissy tweets, but like we need to have high expectations for this franchise. Because we we all parrot that, you know, we have Pete Carroll, one of the top coaches in the NFL. We've been one of the better franchises in the past 10 to 15 years, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I I'm not content with um from my perspective as a fan, I'm not content with just making the playoffs. Like that's not my that's my that's not my benchmark for success. And what I'm seeing a lot, like psychologically within this fan base, is like resistance to that. Not everybody, but some people resistance to that concept that like wanting more than just making the playoffs is unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable. Brian, you and I are 100% aligned on this. And I know Jeff is too. I don't know where you stand, Nathan, but like my goal as a fan is to win the fucking Super Bowl. Okay. My goal as a fan is not to make the playoffs. I want to win it all. And I want to see this team take material steps towards that. It doesn't matter if they lose out the, or, you know, win a couple of games the rest of the year. I don't care. I don't care. I saw dialogue about this on Twitter this past week where it was like completely um, denigrating, I think, the argument that uh, Seattle losing out would actually be long term, like have long term negative effects on this roster and this franchise. I totally disagree with that. I completely disagree with that. Like, I don't I think this season is lost. I 100% agree with you, Brian. I think this season is lost. I think if you're hoping that Seattle retains Pete Carroll, then I think you need to have your priority and focus as a fan, or at least mine is, around adding as much talent as possible. And I'm not sure getting knocked off in a wild card round and getting their shit kicked in by 30 to 40 points by a far superior team is is uh conducive to getting them closer to a Super Bowl. So long rant. I'm sorry. That was totally That's not, not no, I, 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 what I'm what I'm thinking about there is just I think about the 49ers, which always makes me uncomfortable. And I still I think that is the most talented roster in the NFL. It honestly I, it's the most talented roster I've ever seen. Since okay, I've, go on. Go I've on. I've seen a team with seven to nine all pros that are that dominant. That are that dominant. I, I think when the they're the era of the Seahawks team, they kicked this Niners team's ass. I think, <laughs> I think, no, I think they're, they're so good on. I think the play caller combining with all those guys. I I I would take I went with Nathan. But yeah. go on. Finish your thought. Nathan. Where, 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 oh. where, yeah. What were you just oh, talking Oh no, about? Jeff was talking. Sorry, I interrupted Jeff. So. Go ahead. Look at this. 
Evan is a hundred percent right. And to me, like the idea of just like hoping to make the playoffs and being grateful, but I'll add my context. I follow the re- the rest of the league really closely to get to where Evan wants and where Brian wants. It's really fucking hard. It's hard. It is. It it really is. It's hard. Look at Miami. Like Miami's kind of trending there. Like we talk about divisional round. They, I don't even know if they've been made the playoffs. You look at Buffalo. They have this little window now, but they haven't scratched the surface. The Jets, Cleveland, what New England is like now. Like they have the best run ever. Pittsburgh, who's kind of like Seahawks North. I watched them Sunday. It feels like there's so much mediocrity in the NFL right now. There's three to five teams that are potentially good. And it's the problem is the Seahawks, they had that little window where they had Russ and it kind of extended our hopes, but we're kind of where it, most of everyone else is and it sucks. That Okay. Okay. That's my point though. Yeah. Is the 49ers. We, I think we can argue a debate about how, whether it's the most talented roster and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't think there's any debate that it is a loaded freaking roster. And if it's not the most talented in this, in this era, it is right up there. How many Super Bowls have they made with a coach that we all think is, if not the best play caller in the NFL, he's up there in the top two or three for sure. They made one Super Bowl with that roster. They've got zero rings. So like, it's hard. Like you can do a lot of things right. You can have a good coach, a great coach. You can have great talent. <laughs> you can have what's a pretty weak NFC even. Like there's not a lot of resistance and there wasn't last year either. There wasn't a lot of resistance in the division last year either. They had a pretty easy division to go against and beat up on. And they still didn't make the Super Bowl. And I personally don't think even if Brock Purdy hadn't gotten hurt, I think they were still going to lose that game to Philly last year. Mm-hmm. So, and then Philly, Philly's got a damn loaded roster. They did make the Super Bowl and they still lost. And I think they lost to a less talented team. They did. So it's not, it's just, it is a, it is. And, and, and then you go back to the Seahawks in 2013 that was the most talented team we will probably ever have in Seattle. They barely, barely, barely made the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they had every playoff game at home. And they barely made the Super Bowl. So I, as much as I, I've said it and I agree with all of what you guys are saying, I think part of my reaction after the 49ers game was, God, everyone's like, yeah, get a new coach and get a new quarterback. And the, the implication was all of a sudden the, that, that's what's holding the Seahawks back. Fine. I think what's got me down is I'm like, oh man, we are so far from even having two players that are dominant players, let alone seven players that are dominant players. And we're, we don't even have one assistant coach who is best at what he does or top three there's so much friggin' work to do and that's why i'm like help me help me like what is the what is the miracle path here to where all of a sudden you're like okay within a year or two we can take these two good drafts that we just had not terrific drafts but very good drafts and we can maybe there's a path 
Like, can help help me? Like, what is the one move you make right now? Like your top priority move to make this team better? Fire John. Okay, tell me about it. Fire John Schneider. If if you want to improve the talent on the team, you have to have a GM that can improve the talent on the team. John said 10 years, right? It's been 10 years since the Super Bowl team, the first one, the one that won it. Uh, and we're nowhere. Like, I, I, the thing that's something that's been so interesting to me this year is like, we all spent so much time arguing about Russ and Pete and Russ and Pete and Russ and Pete. And part of me, like, and they traded Russ, and that was the right thing. And that was a that was you know, if you want to make an argument for John, like that's a, a crown jewel for him. Um, and used the pick well, got Spoon, he's amazing. Um, but like you know, now Russ is gone, and it's kind of whatever. And I kind of want to take a victory lap on the Pete thing because I feel like everyone's just kind of done with Pete and just kind of over it. And this was always the argument: is like, hey, they got a window. You got to maximize this Hall of Fame quarterback you have, and they're not doing it. They're making all these like they make some big, splashy, good moves, and then they make all these other dumb moves around it, and they piss away so much cap. And then Pete's not a, a, a min maxer as a play caller or a head coach. And like, I feel like all of that's kind of just borne out. And like, they had a great year last year, and I think Pete's a big part of that, you know, and and revitalizing Gino's career. And and you got to give him credit for all that, but like. To what we're talking about, like they're a team that's going to, if they are lucky enough to make the playoffs this year, they're just going to get their ass kicked in the first round. And so it's like you, it's been 10 years now of waiting for John to find that LOB mid-round magic again. And it's just not going to happen, I don't think. And so like you made the point in your post about, you know, changing ownership. That's just. Maybe, maybe that is something that needs to happen. Maybe that will ultimately always hold this team back, but that's not something anyone can control. So if you're Pete, you know, I think Pete, or if you're Jody and you want to stay the owner and you want to change something, I think John has to go. Yeah. Evan. It kind of sucks, but. <laughs> does Pete, uh, but does Pete stay if, if, if John is forced out? I don't think so. I think Pete's whole thing, if he runs the whole show, right? I, that would be such a, but how long does Pete want to keep doing this? Like, it doesn't seem like Pete wants to stop coaching, which maybe is its own problem. But like, at some point, like Pete's thrown a lot of folks overboard at this point, And he hasn't really touched the front office. At some point, when does that have to change? I just can't get over Pete's comments. This is a total kind of segue. Yeah. Yeah. The, Waldron uh, thing. the Shane Waldron comments were <laughs> Does anyone? I this. Yeah, I mentioned it in the group chat. Do you remember anything like maybe there's been other stuff, but anything like more critical of a coordinator from Pete? Not even close. Not to that level. Those were aggressive for those guys for years. Yeah, Evan, if you can assume that not everybody knows what you're talking about, share a little bit about. You don't have to go into this like the exact words, but like share a little bit about what you're referring to. Yeah, so I'm actually gonna bring up the tweet because I I think it was pretty pretty shocking. Um, I actually just found it. So Pete Carroll, this is from Michael Sean Dugar. Uh, Pete basically was talking at length about what the offense uh, needs to improve on, how they need to change. Um, and one of the things that stood out, and remember, Shane Waldron's not in year one; he's not in year two. 
Shane, Shane Waldron is in year three as Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator. Pete mentioned that he felt like we they were not doing a good enough job of maximizing their guys and their personalities. And I'm actually going to read the quote because I think this is super interesting. Uh, he's, so Michael Sean asks, you said you need to maximize your guys on offense. What does that look like? He says, make sure we're choosing the best routes for the guys. We have unique talents and we got to make sure we're maximizing that. I feel like we're not. This is year three. I, my words, this is year three. I feel like we're not seeing stuff. You saw the playmaking of JSN again last night, and he continues to show stuff off that separates him from the others, and we just need to give him more chances. We've got guys in different areas of our game that can do stuff, I think, better. Our tight ends can be used better. Something that we've been complaining about since, like, week four, by the way, that we've used them in the last couple of weeks, so we need to get that going again. We have some real positives. We just have to make them come back to life. I think that has the best chance of moving us ahead and making us go forward. But like, this is week. These are week twelve comments about maximizing your offensive talent. That's crazy to me. Like, that's aggressive language for Pete Carroll. Protect the team, wow. right? Protect the team. <laughs> wow. That feels aggressive. It's warranted. It is warranted. Um, it it kind of feels like it's like. Uh, Shane Waldron, you're going to get fired in six weeks or whatever it is. Indicator. Would Pete fire him mid, in the middle of the year? Do you think Pete has it in him to fire an assistant during the year? I don't think so. If they were going to, it would have been after that game, right? My, who knows? My, Cowboys have blown out everybody they've faced, yeah. including the teams that the Seahawks have lost to recently. So that this Cowboys be ugly right? tomorrow. Like, that Cowboys defense is legit, too. The offense is too Dak. I, like, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but but yeah. you know, it, it could get worse. I it just, could get a lot worse. Like, like there's just three things that stood out to me. Choosing the best routes for the guys, our tight ends can be used better, and we have unique talents. Unique talents, and we got to make sure we're maximizing that. I feel like we're not. Have you been listening to our show this year? How many times have we said that? Yeah, but we it say was... all kinds of crazy stuff that <laughs> we thought Quentin Dunbar was going to be good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys. I, I, I think part just... of what he's talking about there is JSN, by the way. Oh, he mentioned Jackson by name. Yeah. I think the thing that's most interesting to me, though, is the tight ends part. Like, mm. he, he kind of starts to rant. Like, it starts out, well, you know, we have some special talents, and, you know, we got to figure that out, and, well, the routes are bad, like, that's not good, and then, you know, JSN's really good, we got to figure, it, it was just like, hey, you know, JSN, boy, he's really showing us something, and we just got to figure out a way to, like, coaches say that about players all the time, but then he's just kind of, like, going and going, he's like, and we don't even use the tight ends right, and it's like, oh, no, he's just. Don't like, you got to get the feeling, feeling, it was kind of like someone asked, like, hey, how you doing today, Pete? And he just goes, like, <laughs> like, well, my dog died this morning. Like, he had things to say that were going to come out regardless of the question. I just yeah. cannot believe it is such an indictment, I think, on this entire coaching staff that we're having those types of comments come out in week 12. Sure. It's a joke. Sure. It's just, it's just, it's just embarrassing. I think there's a mixture here, though. So... I'm all for the Shane Waldron slander. I think that they should, (laughs) 
they should get rid of him and bring someone else in until they can find somebody who's good enough that you want to hire him to be the head coach. And, you know, like, absolutely. I also think, I think the offensive personnel is not quite as good as we thought it was. I don't think Tyler Lockett is as good as people think he was. I don't know if DK is as good as people think that he is. And so, and I think the offensive line has been an absolute shit show at times really, really bad and at times passable. So I think there's more problems than just, like, I don't think you, if you swap in Kyle Shanahan, which by the way, they don't grow on trees, the Kyle Shanahan's the world. If you swap him in, how many, how many more games? The Seahawks won six games. They've lost five. Am I, am I remembering right? Yeah. How many more wins do they have? You don't lose Three. either of the Rams games. Three. Yeah. I think it's somewhere between. I think they win the Cincinnati game. Yeah. I think they win the Rams game for sure, the second Rams game. I think they probably would have won that first Rams game. I think they would have had a much better game plan, and I think they wouldn't have had that mental – like they were winning at halftime that first game, playing like ass. I buy I buy that the OC is worth two. Like a, a, a really good OC is worth two wins. Oh, I was saying a head coach. Like, Oh, yeah. No, I'm talking about just OC. Yeah. For sure, too. For sure, too. They're not winning the Baltimore game. They're not winning the San Francisco game. Evan, what's going it's, on in your head? It's just I can't get over, like, yes, the talent gap between the Seahawks and Niners is massive. But I also think like we are we are getting significant underperformance and underproduction from some really high levels of talent on the offensive side of the ball. They don't have to be blue chip, but DK Metcalf, he should be having a better season. Tyler Lockett should be having a better season. Noah Fan, no. <laughs> where the fuck did he go? Will this that one I agree with. Like Kenneth Walker, like Zach Charbonnet, I think these are all guys that Geno Smith, like I, these are all guys that to me have regressed since last year. And that's not good. Those are good players. I don't, I don't think they're elite players, but they're, they're better than their, than how they're performing today. I think. Am I wrong? You guys disagree? I agree for the most part. Lockett looks physically different. And Nathan was posted some clips in our chat and he, Sadly, Nathan watched the film. I felt bad for him. Uh, that game was so ugly. Na- Brian's been saying it all year. He doesn't look explosive. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, yeah, yeah. To the most move, part, let's move, let's there's, move, no, there's a lot of issues. It's not just like use JSN better it, and all of a sudden this offense is fixed. Is a uh, is, uh, fucking uh, DK Metcalf having a sixth-ranked wide receiver in the NFL type year? God, no. But he disappears. He disappears. Yeah, it's great. We got time. Yeah, just set him down the sideline when at the end of the games in the fourth quarter when you actually ran a slant route. He seems to get open. Their first play against the Niners with an injured quarterback was a QB draw. <laughs> no, it QB wasn't. draw. No, it wasn't though. It wasn't. Oh, that was oh, Gino. Oh, oh, okay. So it was a uh, scripted play that they fucked up on the first no. play of the game? Yes, yes. Well, yeah, basically, it was an RPO, and Gino thought he could run with it. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. They're so prepared. I love well, that. Was, you can't, you can't, like, look, this is the thing. Like, 
there is so much blame to go around. Like I, I was posting a ton of clips of, of this game and everybody, you know, people would just come in. You could tell like what their, their whole thing was. Cause some people would just come in like, Juno's terrible. I'm like, this is a clip of the defense. Like, you know, like <laughs> people are just like going off on like random stuff, but like you, as much as we want to crap on Waldron, like for that first play, that was just Gino doing way too much. Sure. Just being an idiot, to be honest. Like, buddy, there was like, uh, there's a, a defender like right there on the edge, and Gino's like, I got this. Like, no, you're really slow, actually. Uh, or like, you know, he got Brian, you were criticizing Waldron for some of the deep balls, and at, at least half of those deep balls were not like designed shot plays. They were just, you know, that happened to be a a play where G, DK was going deep and Gino decided to do that instead of hitting like, you know, various other short routes that were available. So like it, the hard thing about it is it's not just like, Oh, fire Waldron. Oh, get rid of Gino. Oh, DK is a baby. You got to trade him. Like all of those things are true. Actually, you have to fix all of those problems. Yeah. Yes. To answer Brian, your question before, like, with this roster, there's really only one path, and it's to hit like a find a Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence because they had way bleaker. Even look, if you look at Houston this year with CJ Stroud, and like to do that where Seattle's going to be drafting is next to impossible. So I've really become radicalized on this. I think you need an offensive head coach in this NFL. And I know it's like so easy to say, but. You look around the league right now, and I'm watching, and there's so many teams with bad OCs, and a lot of the issues, like Nathan was talking about, there's detail issues. There's not just one thing. If you're not, if you're going to go on that search for OCs with Pete next year, and then I watch around the league, and I see like Indianapolis and how organized they look with Shane Steichen and how he's brought that Philly offense. I look around all these teams that have offensive head coaches, and they're really good on details, and they're really good. I look at Detroit. They finally find this really good OC, Ben Johnson. He's going to get hired away. And then they're going to go on that bleak, endless search. And I look at Pete and the team is bad on, with details. And the offense, it's not just, like you say, it's not one player away. I do think the coaching is an issue. I'm kind of at the point where I think to move forward. But again, Brian's big picture. I don't think dropping in this Kevin O'Connell or Sean McVay is making this team a Super Bowl. But I think that's sort of what you need to get on that path. And you look at all the, like, the good defensive coaches. You look at Mike Tomlin and what's kind of happened there, and they've kind of hit. That's sort of what the Seahawks are. And listen, I don't want to be like disrespectful of Pete or anything, but you see the offense and just all the issues with details and Geno, and there's so many issues. I think that needs to be the focus of the team. I think it's so much easier to find a defensive coordinator based on where the NFL is going. And I find it hard to get excited about the direction of the team unless you kind of take that path. And Maybe I'm overreacting, but I just so is that is that your one move to your your the first move you make to try to improve this team is what? For me, it'd be fire the coach and bring in try to get an offensive guy to direct the future, and then eventually that leads to quarterback. And but I don't think that fixes you, but I think that's the first step. Evan, I think you got to move on from Pete at some point. I got no problem with that. I mean. I, I do feel like the the it's worth understanding that the person responsible for hiring that new coach is Jody Allen. Yeah. And I don't know that there's any evidence. As also a fan of the Blazers, 
and what they've done when 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 Joe like when Paul Allen was here, but even afterwards, can't say that organization has necessarily been on the right track either. And so I am I do think that the the biggest move for me is and you don't get to just decide this, but the biggest move that would give me the most confidence is to get a new owner in that is all in about the Seahawks being a championship team that is has built products and, and businesses before and has like a large attention to detail and is going to just, you know, has hired leaders before and hired uh, like people that you're responsible for massive businesses before. That would be that would be my number one thing that would give me more confidence because everything falls from that. And I don't know that we've got that. I don't know that we've got someone who really I would trust to bring in the next great coach. And so I think that's one of the things that people don't have really grappled with yet. Everyone's on the fire, Pete. I'm not even saying don't fire Pete. Fine. Fire Pete. I don't know if it's enough. No. Yeah, you look at what's happening in Carolina where they brought it. Like they have probably the worst owner in the NFL right now. And it's taken down their franchise. The guy is a mess. And dude, you saw that tweet about all the. Was it about the play on the sidelines, handing the no, no? Paper? This is the list of all the decisions that Tepper has made in Carolina that were just like one after the other was just so bad. And then he comes out this week and is like, "Yeah, the the, the coaching staff forced us to take Bryce Young over CJ." How can you possibly say that you are? You just took this guy number one overall and traded all sorts of assets. And you just basically hung him out to dry as like, yeah, he sucks. I'm not high on Bryce Young. I haven't given up on him yet. Like, he's not that bad that it's like, oh, this guy's a disaster. So, so yes. The thing, though, with owners, right, is like, you know, I think you floated Bezos, right, in your uh, your post at the start of the week. Yeah. Bezos could come in here and be a tepper, right? He could. Uh, like you said, Paul Allen – was kind of a psycho with the Blazers. Like, as good as he was with Seahawks, he was not good with the Blazers. Um, And I don't even know who's owning the Lions anymore, and they hired Dan Campbell, and they're, you know, looking pretty good. uh, The the Niners owner is kind of a psycho most of the time, and hey, look where they are, right? So, okay. I I, got to put this on here. I like this idea. I like this idea. Tell no, come on. We're gonna talk about this. Explore with Thomas. Just put this in the chat. I think it's on. It's on point. It is a good question. This, Bryce this Young, should... the number one overall pick in the draft last year, that most people was the unanimous number one overall pick. Not for Evan and I. We were Stroud guys. Yeah. Apologize Lakers. to me, bitches. By the way, hey, like all, I'm not talking to Jeff. And we were both on the same page. Oh, I know. I'm talking about Twitter, which shat on me. For embracing the tank last year. I got so, shot on. For okay. But point being, Bryce Young, unanimously, he is very – he's Russell Wilson size. So if you like your small quarterbacks, there you go. 
We know Josh Cashman would be a fan. He likes all quarterbacks under five feet, five inches tall. <laughs> Tell you me why. If, if they if they just hung that guy out to dry, he has no future in Carolina. They're going to get a new coach. Why not trade for – he's probably better than uh, anyone uh, else you're going to get. I'll tell you why. Why? I just looked up his physical characteristics. I am taller and way more than him. What's your point? He's tiny. He's like five foot eight. <laughs> no, he's, he's like an Oompa Loompa back there. He is. <clears throat> he, that, he, he wasn't the guy I would have drafted. But if, if, if it took a – let's say you could get him for a first, a first and a third. Are you making that pick? Are you making that trade? I think part of the thing that's really appealing about this idea is that Tepper's an idiot. And so <laughs> the idea of trading anything like fair value for Bryce Young, like, no, I want to I wanna catch Tepper in the middle of a rage and offer him a fourth-round pick and get Bryce Young <laughs> for it. Like, Do you, would you make a call to oh, find yeah. out the price of Bryce Young? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think you have to, right? I think that's a pretty smart take. I mean, if this – he really – like, I've never seen an owner just totally hang, hung out a number one overall pick out before his rookie season is even over in a season where they gave him no offensive line, no targets to work with. They already fired the coach. No running back. <laughs> no running back. But they paid so much money for one. <laughs> there anyway. Is. That's one of the better ideas I've heard. I, I give credit where it's due um, on that one. I'd rather unload a couple extra picks in a player for Justin Herbert. Okay, Justin Herbert. That's yeah. another good one. Jeff, what were we going to say? Oh, I'd do Justin Herbert over Bryce Young in a second. Well, it's going to be a different price tag yeah. for sure. So like, just, This is the thing that I can't get over. We just talked about how this team is like 18 all-pro players away from matching the Niners. And we want to go throw like five picks at like Justin Herbert or, or like why? So he can also like watch DK pout and not be depressed. I mean, uh, <laughs> you can watch, you know, walk Tyler out there with his Walker. And I mean, like this, I, I, I can't get that behind because you know, the, the thing that I threw out in the chat and it's a little bit of hyperbole, but like if Patrick Mahomes is on this team, what are they? I think they're, they're not beating. They lose to the Niners, I think. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. You think Patrick with this Mahomes, offensive talent around him? It's you don't not. Think, you don't think we the have best to start talking about this offensive talent. It's bad. Tyler DK Lockett Metcalf is, is bad. Player. Yes, Tyler Lockett. Lockett. They're bad. Yes, they are bad. These are not good players. DK maybe can turn it around. I mean, he's had flashes this year, but like, go watch DK Ooh. in this game. He looked like ass. He was not oh, playing he did. hard. He did. So, like, no, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, now maybe Patrick Mahomes things are different. DK plays hard, but like, it doesn't change who Tyler Tyler Lockett is. It. So you you really. <laughs> Wait, how'd you do that? That's uh... so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't think putting Patrick Mahomes on this team suddenly turns him into a Super Bowl favorite. Maybe not a favorite, but like a contender. No bullshit. Bullshit! You think Patrick Mahomes? This, that's that's the one Wait, thing. You think that you guys think that's crazy? If you drop the best quarterback in the NFL, well, who's coaching this team? Is Andy Reid? Co- the same coach, same, same players. Coach. You still, think- you have Shane Waldron out here coaching, not Andy Reid. Yeah, 
I think, I think this is the thing. Like people are like, Oh, Gino's holding back the talent on this offense. No, he's not. He's Gino's got all his own problems, but like, they're not, they're just not the guys that we think they are right now. And Tyler probably won't be again. And DK, like he's got to figure some stuff out. These tight ends are mid. The offensive line is straight bad. Like Gino's getting pressured on like 50% of his dropbacks in some of these games. If that's Waldron, we just talked about being like he can't can't pull his head out of his ass. And we think that, you know, trading five first round picks for Mahomes is gonna fix this team. If that's the case, and you're right, and I'm not one hundred percent fully there, then I a hundred percent agree with you. It's a massive fucking indictment on John Schneider and this entire front office because the amount of capital they have unloaded into that offense, both cap wise and, and draft pick wise, is absurd. They well, they should be playing a lot better. I, I need, I need to break in for a second. Remy Ver, uh, Verduzco, thank you for the super chat. Uh, he does mention that Evan's skin is glowing. And uh, we appreciate that. Uh, go beat Dallas. Thank you. Uh, I, I want to add to what Nathan said before. Mm-hmm. And if there's an emphasis of, or a case to for John Schneider to be fired, they haven't built a good offensive line ever uh. in this regime. And you look at all the good teams around the NFL, you talk about quarterbacks, Philadelphia, best offensive line in the NFL. KC lost that one Super Bowl because they didn't have an offensive line. The whole next year, they dumped all those resources. They got Humphrey, Thune, Orlando Brown. They now have a top offensive line. If now, only we would had the chance to take someone like Creed Humphrey. It would have been nice. Yeah, um, Cross has started to show things a little bit, but, like, the guards suck. They haven't had a center. Like, that – Gives you a chance to compete with San Francisco a lot more than just dropping in these position players, fixing the wide receivers. That is why how we like everyone's been always so envious of the uh, coaches out there, which I, I understand. I really look at Howie Roseman and his philosophy. That is what I want. He gets 75 defensive linemen. <laughs> he gets 75 offensive linemen. And then, Whoever else there's left, he's good with. But like, he builds he builds the trenches, and I love that. I th- I think that's just a key part of of an NFL team. Hasn't won him a Super Bowl like in the most recent uh, time, but in general, I believe in that philosophy, and I think it lowers the bar. I don't think Jalen Hurts is close to Patrick Mahomes as far as how good of a quarterback he is. But I absolutely believe that team can win a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts because of the offensive line and the defensive line that they've built around the rest of the team. So I, I, the, I think it's fair, Jeff. They're going to go into the offseason and drop $18, $19 million a year on Jordan Brooks. Oh, That's what they're, they're going to do. They're going to spend another $14 million on five different backup players that they're going to ask to start. This this front office does not prioritize like the premium positions. <sighs> well, so Evan, I mean, just to make it worse, they just locked in Jamal Adams, who is not the player that's going to get you there at this point. And even if you fire Pete and you fire John, whoever's going to come in is is going to be stuck with that on their cap. They're going to be stuck. I think Tyler just signed an extension as well, or something along those lines, didn't he? Like, I'm pretty sure he did. He restructured uh, think, too, right? Something like that. And so you may, and the DK's making 25 million going up 
from there and he's not your best player and he's not one of the best receivers right now. So you've got a lot of problems with just the structure of this team and the way the way contenders get built, it happens kind of quick for them in a lot of cases. It's like it's like building a Django tower and either all the pieces kind of fit perfectly and then you get high enough to where it's good because eventually it is going to fall over like age cap whatever else it won't all stand but you get these little windows and like the seahawks have built this like like (laughs) it's just it is teetering you know like and it's not going to be it's not going to be a strong enough foundation to get where you want it to go so you might actually be like starting another window and, and and go from there it's this team is the uh that simpsons uh bit where like the ham or the turkey goes like rolling down the road and homer's like it's still good it's still good and then it like flies off a bridge and homer's like it's still good it's still good and then it lands in like a pit of like toxic waste and homer's like it's still good it's still good like we're we're still in a championship window everything's still good the team's so- still talented we have jordan brooks it's good so instead of taking the perspective, which I fully endorse, of shitting on the current state of this franchise, but if we were to take a let, – let's play devil's advocate for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, flip it around. Let's play devil's advocate. Let's flip it around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to target this from like the Pete Carroll defender cult member angle. What have you seen in the last five, six, seven years from this entire franchise leadership, you, let's go Jody Allen, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, the entire front office. What have you seen from them over the past five to six, seven years that would give you confidence that they can return this team, this franchise to Super Bowl contention status? What What is the evidence that we should have confidence in their abilities to lead us back to contention? What is it? I think the best case to be made is I think their last two drafts are good drafts. I think that they they seem to have turned a corner with some of the ways that they evaluate players and they seem to actually extract some quality players. Jeff and I were going back and forth about this last night. People don't want to believe it. There were two pro bowlers in the entire draft last year, one through all the way end. The Seahawks had one of them in, in, in what was Tariq Woolen at the time. The other was Sauce Gardner. And I don't know that anyone there is really on pace to be an all pro this year. So like, I think that wasn't necessarily the best draft to have extra picks the way they did this year. I don't know that there's a ton of examples. I mean, there are some quarterback, like I think CJ Stroud for sure. I think there's a couple, uh, there's a couple players that stand out. Receiver is a, a pretty good position. I think you got one of the best players in Devin Witherspoon that not a lot of people were sure was. And JSN, I think, is going to prove to be a good pick. So I think you could argue that they, Boye Mafe last year, the best pick in that whole round, it's looking like. So I think you could make the case that they've made a change to how they evaluate and that they've done the best that probably is reasonably that they could over the last two years to add talent through the draft. That's probably the strongest case to be made. Jeff, Nathan. No, I totally agree with that. I think, I mean, we shouldn't discount how much they've nailed it with, you know, Cross has been okay, uh, but he's not a bad player. It doesn't look like, and, uh, you know, jury's still out on him. And then you have Witherspoon, you have JSN, who looks really good. You have Mafe. So, yeah, I think they have made some really good picks and Spoon's amazing. So, yeah. Wait, can, can I push a little farther? Because I want to get to Jeff on this too. 
is there I don't think there's a better offensive tackle in last year's draft than Charles Cross. Whether or not he's great, did they get the best tackle in the draft last year? I think by a considerable amount. Yeah. Did they get the best uh pass rusher? Questionable Aiden Hutchinson, probably better. Definitely. Top five pick, they didn't have a shot at it. Yeah. But Boye Mafa is in the conversation. Did they get the best cornerback in this draft? Yes. Yeah. Pretty they got clearly. the best cornerback in last year's draft, too. I think so. I, I think so. So, I mean, it's not just like it's Charles Cross. Like, in a vacuum saying, well, Charles Cross isn't great. It's one thing. But, like, who else could they have taken knowing they needed a left tackle? They got the best possible left tackle. And so sometimes it is who's available. A 2013 draft sucked for everybody. The entire first round was just bust after bust after bust. And I think to some extent the Seahawks got snake eyes in getting the most draft capital in two mediocre years. So Jeff, sorry to interrupt going to you now. No, like really like this draft. I know Brian is always the thing is like, where are the all pros? I think if you go through this entire draft and obviously this could change so early, but I only see like four guys with all pro ceilings. Jalen Carter looks as good as we thought. I don't think Seahawks would have ever drafted him. That's a position I wish they valued a little more. They made that trade, though. Uh, Devin Witherspoon looks like he's got the all-pro ceiling. He's already could be an all-pro this year. C.J. Stroud looks far better than I thought. I think he's better than what Brian and Evan thought. He, his ability to make plays on the, th- the run is way higher than I thought. And then who else do you see as an all-pro in this draft? Like Jordan Addison's been pretty good. Zay's been pretty good. But I don't know if I see those guys as all pros with AJ Brown and Tyreek and all the good receivers in the NFL. Like, so it might just have been luck. So I do think, like, you've looked at all the picks. Like, really, there's the running back picks, which we, those are legitimate qualms and like, it's clearly foolish picks. And both, although you look at Walker, like, you go through that whole second round, I can't find one guy other than like George Pickens who they should have taken. And George Pickens has had his issues in Pittsburgh. So they haven't whiffed in this area. And maybe Evan always makes this a joke, but maybe Jody did hold them accountable in how they're drafting and how they're approaching the draft. And since then, their two drafts have been pretty good. Obviously, there's going to be a big quarterback question moving forward. And everyone's always writing me, Geno sucks, Geno sucks. I always answer this like, okay, the 2022 draft, 2023 draft, who would you want them to take? Because there's not a lot of quarterbacks in there. Unless you take Will Levis over Witherspoon or you. Desmond Ritter. Yeah, Seven. Desmond Ritter's been terrible. It's one of the worst Malik quarterbacks. Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Uh, Brock Purdy. You're drafting Brock Purdy. I think you'd be good here. So. Wait, wait. Really quick. I'll get to you in a second, Evan. Brock Purdy, by the way, just another reminder. As talented as the 49ers were. They were going to be absolutely screwed if they hadn't lucked into the last pick in the draft because yeah, sucks. there's no way they were going to get where they needed to go with Jimmy G. Trey Lance was not the guy. He is He's probably never going to be the guy. So, like, again, it's just – it's hard. But go ahead, Evan. They would have signed Gina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Evan. So, my original question was, what evidence do we have – 
to believe that this leadership of this franchise can get us back to Super Bowl contention. You guys did outline some draft hits over the past couple of years, but that to me is evidence like, oh, they're still mediocre, especially in the context of several moves that they've made in the past couple of off seasons and in the season that hasn't been as flowery, hasn't been as great. Like to me, that's not like, like, do you, do you really believe those moves indicate a future potential towards contention, which is a high bar, contention? No, you asked us for an example. We had to build a case there. Evidence towards contention. I mean, I think JSN, Witherspoon, and Mafe can be plus players on a Super Bowl winning team. Mm-hmm. Witherspoon and I think- can be a star player uh, on a Super Bowl winning team. I think this team is significantly better than last year's team, talent-wise. I do. I think it's significantly better. That does not mean that I think they made enough of a jump to have the trajectory that they need to contend within the window that they would have for this roster to be enough. Like the time, like the the things don't all match up. So I think they had a sh- they had one shot this last year. To, 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 to kind of nail it and, and like either get this year to be like close to contention, then next year draft a young quarterback and put it all together. I don't think they quite did that. Um, and I think the offensive line is probably the biggest miss for me on, on their priority list. Contention. No, no, there, there, there's no case. That there's enough evidence to show contention. Um, have they, have, if they screwed these two drafts up, they'd be like bottom of the league level. But Brian's right. Like we look at the second round, the thing that me and Brian came out of this draft all bummed about is that we thought they had a huge position of strength to build the offensive line. And you look at who are two of the the picks that are hit so far. I know we both love that center from the Giants, but Osiris Torrance on the Bills is having a really good year. And Cody Mouch was Brian's guy from Tampa. He's become a pretty damn good guard. Where are the Seahawks weakest right now? Guard. They don't have any guards other than Anthony Bradford long-term. And if you come out of those that draft with four offensive line starters in the last two years, that's something that could build you to contention with all the other picks they had. Instead, they took a running back and a defensive end that's not playing. And I guess Moffey wasn't like that last year, but I don't think there's any case for contention. I think they have good individual players, but as a roster, it's just they're they're destined for mediocrity at this point. All right, I want to I want to take a quick pause. I I, I could this is this is great for me. <laughs> this is therapeutic for me. So this is I appreciate all of you contributing to that. Uh, give the show a like if you haven't already. Nathan, can you look up our patron questions? We are already an hour in and we haven't done patron questions. We're gonna take a little bit of time on that. Um, if you haven't already, sign up for Patreon.com/slash/HawkBlogger. We had an awesome, awesome Ring of Honor dinner. Uh, great steaks, great food, great drinks. Uh, absolutely nonstop Seahawks talk. You can join as well. And all the proceeds go to charity. Over $260,000 have been donate has been donated already. Patreon.com slash HawkBlogger. Nathan, let's take a few patron questions and then we will have to transition into talking about this game tomorrow night. Uh, I'll answer uh, Neon Rain's question really quick about where is Derek Hall. He's on the field a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, too <laughs> Which much. Which is maybe a, a, an even worse answer. Uh, 
Uh, okay. Um, uh, I don't know if we have any, uh, I'm curious if anyone has opinions about this, actually. Jeff, maybe, maybe you have strong opinions about this. Um, do you, do you care about coordinators being on the sideline or in, up in the box? (laughs) And do you think that putting, um, Waldron up in a press box would solve his problems? Who, Who asked the question? Uh, has no clue. <laughs> yeah, that's my answer. Uh, like maybe for bit purposes, like uh, I'm down for it. Well, Skybox Shoddy was like one of the best Seahawks bits we had going for a little bit, and I don't know. Waldron's been so ineffective near the field. At least maybe you get him away from the players. Maybe let them talk to Andy Dickerson or something. But I don't have a strong opinion on this. Um, I think their issues are far beyond. Where they are right now. Um, yeah, send Walter into the sky box. Send Clint Hurt down in the field. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a good answer on that one. Um, the Seahawks right. should hire Jim Harbaugh. Fuck that. You fucker. You traitor. I, you... Just, want to, I just want to compete again. No. I just want to be in contention. No. Let's no. attract him from Michigan. I'm so down for it. Jody has a buttload of money. Damn, you you pushed my buttons there, Mister. Could you imagine if that flip flop? I hate that guy with a passion. He's a bad human being. I do not want to have to. Is he actually a bad human being? Yes. Wait, he's what a is psycho. He he's definitely a psycho. What has he done? That's like criminal. Not. Criminal. I am not going to talk about things that I've been told about this person from people that played for him, but he is a bad person. He's not somebody that I want to cheer for on this team. Will he win us football games? I don't care. I do. I I ugh, hate that dude. <laughs> I hope all bad things happen to that guy. Uh, okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, Brian, tell us about what you think of the tight end position and how they should handle it this offseason. <laughs> well, Jim Harbaugh certainly wouldn't know what to do with the tight end position. Uh, Was that a sex Dan joke? Ian Parkinson are both free agents this offseason. Who? What Ian Can says. I don't. I did not fact check him. Wait, who's free agents? Fant and Parkinson. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought you were going to say something about uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, uh, and and uh, no, but. Look, I, I thought well, Fant had his fifth year contract, like like year picked up. Was that this year? And he's a free agent next year. I thought he had one more year, but in any event, I, I thought Fant. Look it up. I thought Fant's been good this year. I agree with the notion that he's been underused all of a sudden. He's one of the only receiving targets that I think has outperformed how he played last year, and then just been absent. And I think maybe that's due to the fact that the offensive line is completely collapsed and they have had to keep in more tight ends to block but i don't know i haven't checked to see how many people are going out and in, in, uh in routes i think all the tight ends are okay i don't think any of them are great i think it is a above average room collectively so i don't think it's a problem with the roster but i don't think it's it's not some elite group where oh my god this this group should be tearing up the league um i think they could do more but I don't think they're the the difference between contending and 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 not. So you'd be happy to bring those guys back at a cheap price, but not willing to pay anything to really keep them. Yeah, I think that's mostly right. I, 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 I at this point, 
Here's my rule on any free agent at any position. If they are clearly, uh, if they are young, like so first, first contract, second contract, I guess it would be second contract, and they have either already made a Pro Bowl or are clearly on that trajectory, I'm okay to resign them. Um, if they have not, it's an absolute no. So none of those guys are on track to be that. I do not want to spend mediocre money on mediocre players. Reload, get a young guy, hope he, hope he blows up. Evan, uh, the Legion of Brazil wants to know, when was the last time the Seahawks had a competitive team? It feels like the team is stagnated in the middle of the pack slash limbo for the last seven to eight years. Players have changed and coordinators have changed. 2023 is yet another lost year. Uh, so when was the last time that you would say Seattle had a competitive football team? I felt very confident when Russell was going on that like historic first half streak against Lamar Jackson for MVP. It was that moon ball year. Um, I know it didn't end well, but was that 2020 or 2021? 2020. 2020 obviously they second half collapsed but for a good chunk of that season through week 11 week 12 i thought that team was going to go far but obviously it russell did not cook good things in the kitchen so it ended poorly one of those seahawks teams is the only team to beat patrick mahomes in a primetime game is that right 2018. 2018 that was that's the denver broncos essentially right now but yeah yeah that team could win. 2019 was good too. They they should have beat San Francisco twice. Yeah. I think it's been 2015 since they've had an actually competitive team. Well, yeah. If you mean competitive for a Super Bowl or. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Brian, Zach Hassan wants to know in hindsight, how bad was it that we barely beat the Commanders? Oh man, opportunity lost. Seahawks could be staring at a seven-game losing streak if they hadn't just found a way to squeak that one out against uh, a team that, by the way, I think lost forty-nine to ten or something, forty-five to ten to the team we're playing tomorrow night. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> How bad was it that we lost that game? That we we won that we almost lost or one 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 yes that they won. I, I mean, I thought the commanders. I, I still think Sam Howell is a pretty good player. <laughs> I think the Seahawks are just they're a mediocre team, and they, they there's like a couple of elite teams. I think there's maybe two or three elite teams in the NFL, and then there's a big fat set of mediocre teams. And the Seahawks, for some point of time, were, were vying for the, the best of the mediocres or like in the top few of the mediocres. And what I think we've found is they are in the middle of the mediocres. Like they're just average of average and maybe a little bit below that. And so that's a game loses, that's good evidence of that. If Seattle loses out, where are they likely to be? They'll pick like 10th or something, right? If they only have six. They're not going to lose out. Oh, I'm yes. If they did. NFL Tankathon. I love this website. I get to bring it back up for the first time in ages. Yeah, probably like nine, eight to ten, somewhere in there. It would have to be. So Tennessee last year out? won seven games and picked eleventh. They won how many games? 
seven. Atlanta yeah. won seven last year and picked what? Eight, I think. Yeah, eight. So you would be if if they if they only win six or seven games, they have a chance to pick in the top ten. So are you rooting for the Seahawks to win football games the rest of the season? I think that's the uh, go on the record, the Nathan. At this point, Nathan, do you want the Seahawks to win as many football games as possible for the remainder of the season? I don't want to be. I don't want to. I, I can't root for them to lose yet because they're not going. I can't like root for them to lose like to Tennessee or to the Steelers. That's just going to feel bad. Like they're not actually that bad of a team. So it'll be rooting for them to lose games they shouldn't, and that feels pretty bad. Like this isn't like, I don't know, this isn't like a a five win team that you're hoping loses out. Like they they legitimately still have a chance to make the playoffs, and so I can't quite get there. But it would probably be the best thing for the franchise. I don't think there's a lot of question about that. Long term. Yeah, yeah. They need uh, a, quarterback. a quarterback. They need to draft a quarterback at some point. I, I I think that the quarterback class is overrated. I, I think Caleb Williams yeah. is, is uh, incredibly talented. And tell us that Michael Penix is slow. No, I'm just saying. I'm saying I think Caleb Williams is incredibly talented. He deserves all the hype in terms of his 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 ceiling. I think he's not going to be close to Patrick Mahomes when it's all said and done. And that's where people see him as. I, I don't think he's that. Um, I think Drake May is not as great as what everyone said. I think this McCarthy kid from Michigan is absolute shit. I cannot believe people are talking about him as a first round pick. Dame Brugler had his first mock draft. He had the Seahawks drafting him at 22. Evan has a secret chubby for this guy and he's he ab- made a couple of good you throws. Like do. Two. I know you. You've got he made like two good throws. Him. He made that guy good. is trash. You I would bring be- in Harbaugh and McCarthy. <sighs> Oh, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Now oh, you're talking. Brian. Michigan of the it. West. And West. I will just have to become a Detroit Lions fan or something like that. Oh, my God. So, anyway, go on. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, Josh Cashman says, spend 10 minutes talking about Russell Wilson. I am a patron. You must do what I say. <laughs> I'll give Russ credit. Russ is mobility has come back. And when you watched him play last year, he, he was slow. And he, even the last couple of years with Seattle, he didn't like the last year in Seattle, he didn't run. And Sh- Sean Payton had him lose a bunch of weight. He kind of put him back in his place. And if you watched him play last game, like you saw, he ran the ball 11 times. And it's really helped their offense. But the funny thing about Russell and everyone wants to like crown him and his, his touchdown to interception ratio is incredible considering he is throwing at such a low volume. It's like the 2018 Seahawks killed everyone. Like they're holding Russell back. They're running more than any team. He's throwing at a lower rate than 2018 Seahawks. He has one game over 200 yards in the last six weeks. And they're winning. It's working. And Seattle that year, they beat Patrick Mahomes kind of doing that. But Russell on third down and in the red zone, he's making plays again. And you got to give him credit. Like, there was plays last game against Cleveland, who's been the best defense. 
there was nothing there and he created it and he was there was a magic there that we just don't Gino all the things I like about him he's not like a great playmaker so I gotta give Russell credit for that but this talk I saw Steven Ruiz come out and say the same thing this talk like Russell is like killing it and he's like balling out like dude's throwing 20 times a game fifty <laughs> yards last game so did he even get to 150 I think he had like 136 or he something had 90 entering the last drive 90 yards and he's been incredible efficient. He's got like 20 touchdowns, four interceptions. Gino's got like 11 touchdowns. So Russell, they they figured out, it's funny, like this, bring in an offensive mind, you'll fix Russell. They're doing the Pete Carroll. And it's working. It's I, working. They've won six games in a row, I think. It's, it's the all-star game of Dunkathon here. It is like all Russell fans dunking on people that were saying that Russell's done because he's had this resurgence. And it's they're actually also dunking on themselves because the only way he's doing this resurgence is in like a training wheel style offense where he barely has to do anything with uh, with the, the passing game. And anyway, it's like, I don't know. It's funny. It's funny. because It is. It is at least a little bit of funny. It's not quite as yeah. funny as last year. Yeah, Cashman's having a good time with it. And he's got, it's a good, great bit. Cashman uh, wants friggin' Kyler Murray. Like Cashman has no credibility that. whatsoever. Is he serious about that? He, he, he is. He's like, by low. Now he I, wants to play Call of Duty with uh, Kyler Murray. <laughs> I, I think he's just trolling. <laughs> that was an incredible line. I hope everyone caught that. Wait, what'd you say, Nathan? See? Because. Well, Cashman played Smash Brothers with Russ, and now he wants to play Call of Duty with Kyler Murray. He just wants to play video games with all the Seahawks quarterbacks, which I get it. I'm actually, now that I've said it, I'm on board. Did you know Shaq called uh, Josh uh, Jack Harlow? What? Did, did you not know that? What? So well, I Josh think it was kinda... only shared privately in our group chat. But yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I well, think I think it's funny. Uh, Josh was hanging out with Shaq like last year. And Josh kind of looks like Jack Harlow a little bit. Have you guys seen like the side by sides? No. They both got the same kind of like hair, facial structure. But Shaq was like, "Oh, it's Jack Harlow over here." It's all in video. It's really funny. <laughs> oh, Mr. Cashman. Like six more minutes on Russ here. We're not done. Uh, uh, okay. Um, uh, Braxton had another question about the tight ends. Everyone wants to know what's going on with the tight ends. Let's take a couple, uh, like one oh, or wait. two more. Okay, here we'll end on this one, I think. Because we've touched on a lot of the other ones. Uh, <clears throat> Brian, mm. we need you to make uh, uh, we need you to make a commitment here. Uh, if the Seahawks win. Uh, Sam Brown wants to know: Will you do the crab dance on the post game pod tomorrow? I don't think the game is the game tomorrow. It's tomorrow Thursday (laughs) night football. (laughs) Jesus Christ! I love this. Is Nathan Ernst Seahawks expert? Has no idea when the team plays their football game. I think the last time I was on, I thought the Browns game was on Monday night. You did. This is a a this is a new thing for you. well, yeah, the- then tomorrow, whenever the game is. I wasn't yeah. sure if that. I, was- I, I like make- it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'll Aaron. make a. I'll make a commitment on behalf of Brian. Okay. Whatever is the top voted comment on this YouTube video, if the Seahawks win this game against the Cowboys tomorrow, Brian will do whatever it says. 
Okay. Top voted comment in this YouTube video. All right, you have Evans in the comments, or you section. can just commit to the crab dance, Brian. Yeah, I'm good with the crab dance. Uh, sure. I, I would like a commitment from all of you bitches that you will come on the friggin' post game show if they win. That this is this is quite the thing here, Brian, because I've tried to join a couple post game shows. Oh, that's when they lose. I don't want to talk to your troll ass after they lose. I don't need I don't need any more of your crap at that point. I just want to talk about how annoying the game was and get off. I I consider us friends, Nathan. We would not be friends if we were doing those post game shows together. You couldn't help but try to trigger me, and it wouldn't be hard. I would have talked so much shit about Sean McVay. It's true. I know. I know you would have. Uh, No, there's uh, like a. There's like a. Let's be honest. What are the chances they win tomorrow? Is it like sub five percent? No, I don't think any team in the NFL has a sub five percent chance of winning any. This Cowboys team matches up so well against Seattle. They've won five of their last six. Dak Prescott has thrown like 19 touchdowns and two interceptions over his last five games. Dak is having like an MVP level year. Their offense is clicking. Their defense is clicking. They have like the number one ranked pass defense in the NFL. DK Metcalf is a baby back little bitch. So that's a good combination. And you said he has bad assistance. It's with the shoddy of Dan Quinn. Shoddy's good though. Shotty's revenge game too. This is his, uh... I'm just, I'm just posing the analysis. Dan I mean, Quinn, the next Seahawks head coach. We we thought we thought the Seahawks had like one of the best defenses in the world after they played the Giants, and these are the teams that the Cowboys are beating up on. Like they had 11 sacks. We were going nuts after that game. Uh, so like I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be. Vegas, like all the odds are insane. Like they're like they're going to be a two touchdown favorite by Monday night when the game is. So uh. it is. It is. It the the, the spread is embarrassing <laughs> and 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 not surprising. Um, I don't know, Evan. I it would shock me if it's competitive. Shock you. It would shock me if it's competitive. And I am more of the mind of what's going to happen when they lose big again. What's going to happen in the locker room? What's going to happen with the post-game press conferences? How is the team going to start to tear apart? If Pete said what he said about Waldron after the last game, what will he say if they score three points if the defense outscores the offense again or if Jerron Bland outscores the Seahawks offense again like because they could lose big the next three weeks in a row I know yeah I I don't think that I don't think they lose this game and then rally to beat the Eagles or rally to beat the 49ers look as someone who has been predicting Pete's demise for a while now this is the absolute this is the game that he wins in the stupidest way we've been saying that shit that hope do not do not do it it's this is this they're gonna win some horrible miserable 15 to 11 football game and mike mccarthy is the one that's gonna get fired on the 
<laughs> in the post game press conference, Jerry's gonna come blasting in. I mean, nothing would make me happier to see those shots of Jerry Jones in the co- in the owner's box, just dumbfounded. Would that would be a lot of fun. But I don't know, guys. I I don't see it in this team to do it. If they it. don't win, then it's it's officially over. Like the Pete Magic is gone because this is the Pete Magic game. I don't know, man. I would have thought last week if there was any week to say it was a Pete Magic game. I don't know. I, I people can say, oh, they're emotional because the team's been playing bad and they're just like you know in their beers about this this team. I, I just. I think it's a massive difference in terms of the, the teams, how they're playing, the confidence they're playing with, the level of precision they're playing with. And this Seahawks offense is given no reason to be confident against almost any opponent that they've faced for almost two months. So uh, if they do, it's not because, oh, man, you guys just didn't look at this game right. You missed something. If they do, it's because it came out of freaking nowhere. Okay, but if if because the other thing is, look at who they're playing. This Cowboys team, like this, is such a Cowboys thing to do, where they go in and they beat up on three trash teams, and everyone's like America's team, and Skip Bayless is like you know doing victory laps, and then Mike McCar- McCarthy comes out and he poops his pants, and they lose to the absolute just most full of himself like obnoxious Pete Carroll like I'm just saying every storyline of like the past 10 years like if you believe in like like these teams having like personalities and like there's like the you know the uh, Arian Foster there's a script at the start of the year all of that points to Seattle winning this game in the dumbest way it's prime time too so everyone's going to be watching and you're going to see a million of those uh, from the Baba Duke, why can't you just be normal? Seahawks screaming in the backseat thing. It's gonna be like you, if, if it's and if it's not, then it's just done. It's it's over. It's cooked. It's gone. You know what's gonna be amazing? What is this? Is gonna be the fitting capstone. The the like the balance of Evan was broken by the Seahawks going into Dallas and running the ball no matter what when it was clear that they just needed to pass it a few times and maybe they would have won that game. This is going to be the opposite. They're going to go in there and Gino's going to throw it 75 times. They're not going to run the ball once. Zero runs. Three pick sixes. To <laughs> Deron Bland is going to have 600 points in this game and they're just going to keep throwing over and over and over again just to make sure that Pete proves he can lose to Dallas in any way that you want him to and evan will be evan will be broken are you trying to break me yeah absolutely I see the pain in his face because that would do it <laughs> oh boy all right uh nathan we're gonna call it there thank you for taking some patron questions thank you patrons for giving us questions patreon.com slash hawk blogger you too can torment us with questions all right, let's talk. We've talked about this game a little bit. Let's talk predictions. Uh, Nathan, I'm coming to you first. You've kind of been playing all sides of this. What is going to be the score of this game and why? 15-11 Seahawks, for all the reasons I just said. I'm going with it. I'm sticking with it. 
Okay. Okay. Jeff, Jeff, what is the score of this game and why? Uh, 31 to six for Dallas. Um, why I've watched the Seahawks play the last six weeks. Their offense gives me zero confidence and them trying to block Micah Parsons. <laughs> I'm very, very worried about that. I'm not nervous about this game because I, I've been, I'm already dead. So, uh, Dallas is rolling. I just think the matchup, I just have no faith in the Seahawks right now. So. Can we assume that the six is a touchdown and a miss Jason Myers extra point? Yeah. Jason Myers goes to kick the extra point slips falls. And that's his only extra point kick of the game. It sounds on, on brand. Uh, I don't think he's he's missed an extra point all year long. Has he? I I don't think so. That's what reliable kickers do. Um, (laughs) Cowboys 45 to seven. I don't know what my answer is, so I'm going to talk it through. I don't think this defense is going to give up more than 30 points. And I don't think that the offense is going to throw the pick sixes that others have, even though they've thrown plenty of, of interception opportunities. I think Abe Lucas is going to be back there. I think they're going to run a little bit more effectively. I think the defense is going to be plucky. I think that the corners are going to be, I think they have a better cornerback crew to contain CD lamb, who, by the way, he has twice the targets. He has over hundred targets. He has twice the targets of the next tar- most targeted player, which is a tight end on the, the Cowboys. They're incredibly singular in their passing attack. And I think the Seahawks have some unique players to be able to uh, reduce the effectiveness of CD lamb. I don't think it's going to matter. I I think the the Cowboys are going to win this game. I think they're going to win this game easily. I think they're going to win this game 27, 27 to (laughs) seven, I will say. Uh, And we are going to see, we're going to see some really bad behavior start to show up from the players after this game. Um, so that's what I expect. Assuming that's what happens, we will decide who's going to join me on the post game show. We'll see what kind of mood I'm in. Uh, I'm around uh, tomorrow night. Okay. Okay. We will but see. If we lose. I'll leave it to Nathan. Ah, uh, boys. Well, it has been fun. It has been fun to catch up despite the misery. Uh, thanks to all of you. Nathan Ernst at Nathan E11, Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB, and Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons. We will be with you through this, folks. We will be with you. Whether you want us to be or not, we're not going anywhere. We are going to ride this Titanic right into the iceberg, and we'll be commentating on it the entire way as obnoxiously as we ever do. Please support the show. Give the show a like. Please subscribe to the channel. Go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up. Support the shows. Join the community. Support charity. Not hard to do. You can be part of it. Patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Until we see you next, please, God, go Hawks somehow, some way. Hey, folks, this is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. 
and then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention, become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tail the tape morning after articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks.